Zeef, Gungan Detective. Captain Worm of Ithor. Zavix, Jedi Master, Philanthropist, Playboy. Narset Jin, Jedi Sorceress. And I'm GM Lurch, everybody else. And this is Star Wars, showdown on Iceball Stage. Hello there, GM Lurch Lurchington here with another episode of Star Wars, showdown on Iceball Station. With me again tonight are our players and their characters. Narset Jin, played by the Bendu. Blows and blessings. Warham, played by Dan. Hey, everybody. Zavik, played by David. Good to see you again. And Zeef, played by our host, Kyle. Hello there. Players, if you're ready to roll Destiny, let's see if the Force is with us tonight. The um, internet is being slow. Oh, okay. <laughs> One light and three darks are the destiny of this session, fellows. It looks like the Force is with me to begin. Just like last time. Yep. <laughs> uh, our heroes had split off from each other, and the party had split along the lines it had already formed. Uh, and you'd gone off on your separate investigations. Master Silver Star and Knight Jin planned to go on a tour of the Volcano Factory refinery with Rathameth, the financier of the Expat Club. However, his reticence to readily reveal information, mostly due to his lack of knowledge or uh, general competence outside of the field of finance, frustrated Narset to the point that she figured to give him the heavy hand and get that information out. Uh, she did. The expat club are concerned about the imperial problems that have happened here in Fishtown. And after uh, Narset's coat flew open and Rathameth noted her lightsaber, and then a casual remark from the Jedi Knight about, well, I guess we'll just wipe this guy's mind now, right? Uh, terrified the banker. But Master Silverstar was able to come in, play good Jedi, and smooth things over. It was revealed that the Imperial Remnant group that have occupied the Expat Club indeed mostly came as, <clears throat> like, patron. Yeah, they came as customers to watch a racer who had been hired. The club decided to sponsor a racer. It's off-planet, like right? <clears throat> yeah, it was like Starfighter Racing. They were like, well, we'll we will sponsor a racer and then we can hold races here and that'll be another business we can do we already have fishing tours and volcano exploration and gambling and drinking and we can take you to three other worlds for big game hunting but now you can also come and bet on races and we're gonna have a starfighter race right here on iceball but to hold the race you have to have a local racer so they found a racer they thought it'll bring in his fan base and it'll bring in race fans when we hold races. The racer came and the racer's fans came and the racer's fans were two shuttles full of Imperial Remnant troops. And suddenly there were a hundred former Imperials in the expat club and everyone who wasn't a former Imperial left. Except for the seven people who are the core of the club. And now they're like, shit. And Rathameth is very thankful that you Jedi are here to solve the problem for him. Uh, and he's also terrified of you, Narset, and he's absolutely going to squeal about the fact that you are a Jedi to the rest of the club, because you rolled, like, five threats or some shit, and a despair, maybe, when you did your coercion. So, he definitely saw you were a Jedi, and is definitely telling his friends that juicy tidbit of the hottest gossip on Iceball since the Remnant showed up. Jedi! <laughs> you know? Oh my god, guys, I've saved the day. It turns out the strangers were Jedi, and they said they would help us because I asked them to. Thank me. You know? Yeah, um, buy me a drink, yeah. While all this was going down, Zeef, by the time you made it back to Fishtown, after the shakeup on the docks last night, Junior already knew that a shootout had gone down at the docks and told you to call Spider. And instead, you tied like four more on and didn't call Spider. And then the next day, when you pulled up to the gondola platform that heads to the landing bays where your friend's ship is, some of Spider's guys were there. Well, they're all Vork's guys, but Vork's not here. So, as far as everybody is concerned, they're Spider's guys. Uh, so, some Spider's guys were there saying, Hey, weren't you going to call the boss? 
didn't you get the message that he wanted to talk to you? Well, you said, of course, I'm going to talk to him right now. And you did. You guys went back to the docks to the exact same warehouse where cartel boys were already tossing the joint. And you searched the place a little bit. And then you talked to Spider. Spider's a businessman. He understands that his boss thinks it's kind of cute that you're doing this whole white knight private detective thing in Fishtown. And the same way that they let Fishtown do their thing, they're letting you do your thing because you haven't stepped on the cartel's toes because you're not that stupid. Any crimes that are done by the cartel are, by definition, not crimes and therefore don't need to be investigated. It's solved. The cartel did it. He must have deserved it. If you have any problems with that, you can come talk to Spider. So Spider, of course, extended the job offer once again. Zeef, you seem pretty good at this stupid little game you're playing in Fishtown. If you actually want to make some real money doing a real job instead of playing make-believe in Fishtown, come work for the cart. You said what you always do, which is a less polite form of no thank you. For whatever reason, you did still give up all the information you had about the goings-on the night before to Spider. Well, not all of it. You let him know about the operation you found in the warehouse. You let him know that it was off-world. You let him know that there was a conversation with the boss upstairs. You didn't let him know about anything that you got out of your little torture session uh, in the... I'm sorry, it was an interrogation. It just ended with death. Um... With your interrogation uh, in the land speeder, so you didn't reveal that, but you pretty much gave up everything you knew because you thought there would be a quid pro quo, and then Spider just said, Yeah, that's great. Like I said, come down to the club. We'll get comfortable and we'll talk. Then you gave up everything that you had, and then he said, Okay, that's great. Thanks for all of that. Come on down to the club and we'll talk. And they've left with you and Warham now standing in this warehouse. There's a couple of weak way from the cartel are still standing around. They're guarding the area. They've already plundered it themselves. Uh, they're chuckling mildly uh, as you stand there, realizing that anything you were going to get out of Spider for the information that you had, you were going to get out of him at the club. What's he going to give you here in this empty warehouse? And I now you've already given him everything. By the time you get to the club, you got nothing. I mean, um, I got everything so I need out of Spider by getting from Spider Molary off my back. Curly. Absolutely. He's still expecting to see you at the club, but you're the kind of guy who doesn't take their invitations, no matter how many times they make them. So we're going to begin with the camera on Zeef and Warm standing near the front of this warehouse where the drug operation was set up on the dock. Other than the chuckling weak way uh, and the wind blowing in off the bay straight along the dock, and into the open doors of the warehouse. There's no comment for you. You are completely the masters of your own destiny in this moment. What do you think, Warm? So I think Warm would uh, turn to Zeef and be like, so this is where it all went down the other day, huh? Yeah, right in here. Drugs, secret transmissions, all kinds of interesting things the other night. You got any uh, computer systems around? I did notice an empty terminal in the office upstairs, next to the hollow transmitter. I told Spider to get some slicers down here, see if he could trace the call. Not sure they're going to share that information with us, though, so have at it. Maybe I'll take a look on my own, then. And uh, Worm's going to go up to the office where I think they pushed the guy out the window, probably. That then, is uh, indeed the office where the hollow transmitter was. Yes, right at the top of the stairs. You see it's cold in here because the window is broken out and you recognize some fabric from Zeef's jacket stuck in some of the shards. And there is a Holonet uplink built into the desk-mounted terminal of sort of the computer desk unit that serves as the desk in this office. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, I guess, plug my data pad into uh, the terminal and uh, I don't know, see if I can get any information about the operations they have running here. It is going to be only an average computer's check to get in, but there are two black die worth of security to access okay. the system. You can't just like cram your robot on And a like, black yeah. die from the cold because the window is open. And 
but it's free. Fair. It's fair. Uh, I'm gonna call uh, Stomp. Uh, did we bring Stomp with us? I forget. No, we didn't. I don't think. No, I think he's back at the. Yeah, he's back yeah. at the agency because we dropped them yeah, off on our way say. here. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I'll just have to do it myself. Uh, Am I able have... to give Warm a boost in any way? Um, yeah, if you, if you went up and, and helped him, okay. yes, but that would preclude you from doing more investigation downstairs sure, at the same okay. time. All right, then I won't. Because you that. you searched around the tables, but you haven't like searched the the warehouse generally. You know, like the back and over there in the corners and stuff. You know right. what I mean? You just searched like where these tables were, where these guys were cutting spice into the drugs they were selling. It wasn't that the guy OD'd on unrefined spice, it was that it was way too strong of a cut, basically. You know, like, there, there's way too much glitter yell in their glitter stick kind of thing. Right. You know, like, they need to cut it more and make it less of a hit, but it's not. It's high, They're selling high-octane Narshadot drugs. Right, these guys, these locals are used to the gunjack level stuff, so this Ooh, is just triumph. killing them. Oh, nice. yeah, baby. What do we got? Oh yeah, triumph. Uh, triumph and success, success with an advantage. advantage. So you uh, unlock it. Uh, you see that triumphantly there is a recording of the hollow conversation. Nice. Because otherwise there wouldn't have been. A they, you know what I mean? This guy's not like backing up a call where the boss chewed him out so that he can watch another hologram of a scary shark later, like. They don't. Okay. They 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 don't want to think about the boss when they don't have to think about. The mm -hmm. uh, uh, can can part of that triumph be like that? There was uh, some like metadata associated with the call. Like yes, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, that there's like the there's like the address that the call was coming from, or like the you know what planet sure. it was originating on, something like that. It's IP or whatever. Getting yeah. getting into the system and the success and advantage will get you that stuff. The so. The advantage is getting you the metadata of the call, because okay. even though from a like gameplay perspective, that's more valuable that you have the metadata, like you actually have the call too, so that okay. you can like watch it and, you know, like get that. So that's the triumph, because that's them saving the metadata of a past call makes sense for it to be there. And for an advantage, it's there because they didn't clear it out triumphantly for whatever reason, like a hollow of the call is there and you can watch you know, the incoming side of the conversation okay. last night, yeah. which normally wouldn't be on here, but triumphantly yeah. it is, you know what so I mean? So we can see, and like, advantageously, the... you have the metadata of that call as well. So can we see, like, the room in the hollow that the, that, uh, the car crew brothers are calling from? Um, like... I mean, it's is it kind of just like so objects floating say... in the foreground style? That's how usually holograms work. So it's furniture, it's a triumph. Some furniture. I'm going to say yeah. you're going to have to make like a perception check whilst watching it to try to do that because Darth Maul was able to notice Ahsoka okay. Tano from like 30 meters away on a giant catwalk down to a much lower catwalk while he's right. having a conversation with a pike and he's like, who's that 50 feet away over there? Not okay. where the hollow projector's pointing at all. If you if you right. if you motion so, um, over to me like, hey, so Zeke, I found something. Uh, I might be able to help you there too because I do have an investigation yeah. now. I was exactly. gonna say, yeah. So, so he warm, gets this and you um, search it later. Is, is, is uh, investigative? Damn. Okay. So uh, I was gonna say, so Worm um, is looking at you know he's scrolling through all the data uh, that he just got on his data pad and he calls uh, Zeef, who was uh, helping him with connect the. Uh, making sure the connection was good before on the when he was making the check and uh he calls him over he says Zeef, i think i got something here what and, you say uh, got? plays back i play back the recording uh on the hollow projector for him to see okay so and then, uh if he wants to do like a perception check on that see if he recognizes anything or anybody in the scene maybe the metadata shows yeah it's from narshada that's obvious from the first part of the Hollownet encoding. Uh, you have looked at enough Hollownet transmission sure. codes in past investigation to know the area codes. <laughs> you know, for like Hollownet calls to Narshada, always have this is their first data block for you know the the routing and stuff. More than that will uh, require more investigation, but you know it's a call from Narshada, which definitely tracks 
and uh, the hollow call, when it comes on, it is from waist up, it is still five feet of person uh, in a full life-size hologram. Just from the waist up, this individual's five feet tall, massive, shark-headed, huge rows of sharp teeth, broad-shouldered, easily three, four feet across the shoulders, massive arms with just a tight white tank top and some chains. This is the much more reasonable Dinsdale Karkara. This is the guy who just nails your head to a table. But not putting the pencil there. Oh, no, I mean, like, he uses an industrial-sized rivet gun and physically will nail your head to a table. But, like, it's because you deserved it and you did something wrong. His he does brother, it reasonably. Doug, yeah, it's... It, I, I deserved it, you know? If I hadn't done the thing I did, I wouldn't have gotten my head nailed to the table. And, you know, I'm glad that Dinsdale was there to nail my head to the table so that I learned not to do those kinds of things. It's a very reasonable gentleman. He, he, he totally. nail your head to a table, but only if only if you did something that, you know, it, that he had to. He didn't want to, he had to. He had to. With what I did, he had to nail my head to that table. It and was the is, only reasonable course of that. This is Douglas. This is Dinsdale. This is Dinsdale. Douglas... Douglas uses word. Douglas will give you a talking to. And Zeef, you heard that grown men would pull their own heads from their shoulders willingly before they would get a talking to from Douglas. But other than that, you never had to suffer a meeting with the Elder Karkaro brother. But you've met Dinsdale. And, well, as everyone said, Dinsdale is a reasonable fellow. So he begins by threatening, politely, by way of greeting, to take the Aqualish that he was speaking to's head from his shoulders. Uh, this recording does not include the responses from the recipient, uh, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to roleplay the Karkaro brother now, because I did not expect Dan to triumphantly uh, hack the hollow, and I would have had to write this out ahead of time. But, Top um, man, Dan. And then he says, Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Unless, of course, you fucking suck. He says, But you have it right. You've been on ice ball for what? Almost a lunar cycle now. You've got to have things cruising by now, right? So how come I'm not hearing about how much money you're making? Oh, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear about saturated markets. You've got the best product we can give you. The Karkaro brothers take care of their fam. We're not gonna put you out there with shit to compete against the huts with shit, baby. You've got the best that we can give you. So don't tell me about saturated markets. Tell me about how you're taking away their client. Now tell me what I wanna hear. Okay, that's good, that's good, that's good. I like what I'm hearing. If what you're saying is true, I think we got a nice operation. I think maybe another week or two. Maybe me and Dougie come and see how things are going. Don't tell me that. You just told me that you got good batches being turned out. I can't wait to be there. They say the water's nice and cold. We'll go for a swim. And then more silence. And the message cuts out. At which point you know that the Aqualish in charge of this operation collapsed in his chair and you burst through the door a couple seconds later and yeeted him out a window. I did that. I would not want to go swimming in a cold water with a shark. That just doesn't sound... It's like what you said. It's like, that sounds like, is he being friendly with me or is that a fucking threat? Like, do I want right. to go swimming? Do I want to say no to the opportunity of swimming with him? Like... Will he take offense if I say, no, dog, like, I don't know about swimming with you. That I mean, seem it's... Like a smart eye. What if I have a cut? That's a hell of a situation. So in many ways, I did that guy a favor by killing him. So he didn't have to deal with uh, the social niceties of turning down a swimming invitation from, uh, from Dinsdale. See, there's a good way to spin it. Exactly. <laughs> so you've gotten this hollow message. Yeah. And more importantly, you've gotten the metadata from this hollow message that you can investigate at your own terminal back at the shop where you've got software to assist with those kinds of things. 
Can I reach out to uh, to Stomper with my wrist thing and have him get that process started back at the house? He would need to get the data. Well, sure, but I couldn't transmit it to him. Uh, not at more this like, kind uh, of range. Okay, no yeah. worries. But I think it's more like think Bluetooth or radio, and you're trying to get. This is a lot of data. I can't airdrop him from one town over. I get you. Yeah. No, not in Star Wars. No. Right. <laughs> like. Okay. Sorry. Well, then we'll just make sure that we download a hard copy and take it with us. Yeah. It's already on. Yeah, um, I got it on my data pad. Worms cool. data pad. Perfect. Yeah. Do you want to investigate the rest of the warehouse? Yes. Before you leave? On our way give out, a, I would like to poke around the rest of the warehouse, nooks and crannies. I yeah, would use give my me perception. That's not a threat. All right. So with the threat, um, you had to you had to see a Carcaro, brother. I was about to say. I think it's seeing like a, a life-size, huge ago, holographic version of my mortal enemy would probably sober me up that last little I, bit. I honestly thought about making y'all make fear checks against a hologram of Dinsdale Carcaro. He is but that I was fear. like, eh. I, and it's a five foot tall life-size hologram of him from the waist up, like a foot in front of you, you know? You weren't expecting, you were like, oh, it's going to be this big. No, it's not. Oh, oh, Dinsdale. Shit. No wonder the guy having a conversation with him was terrified. He doesn't go with the desk size hologram, he's the boss. It's getting yelled he at by a massive the, Everyone he shark. talks to is this big, and he is, yeah, exactly. He's Jawsome. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, uh, if only someone yeah. said Street Shark 20 minutes ago, that hologram would have been totally different. Alas. You successfully poke around, uh, even though the specter of Dinsdale Carcara lurks in the back of your mind the entire time. And uh, you find the real goods. None of Spider's boys thought of this because the bay is frozen over three quarters of the year. And the guys who do the fishing go out on skiffs and use vibro saws to cut through a foot of ice. But at the back of this dock or this warehouse, which is technically on the docks and over the bay, there is a hatch set into the floor plating, which when you pop it open, there's a rush of cold air. And down there below in the darkness, you can hear the sloshing of ice chunks in water as uh -huh. this warehouse has access down below the frozen surface of the bay. Because it's the Carcaro brothers. Misa thinking and we got something here. You know? You have, indeed. Uh, whether you're going to, you know, jump down a tunnel, you know, that might be filled with enemy gangsters right now or not, you know, I won't dictate for you, but you find that. And because it's in the back and the Weequay are not concerned enough to actually follow you around, you know, Spider just finished talking. You're, I think you're that... either going to do what he says or not. Right. So I think that I'm going to yeah. do a very stereotypically Gungan thing and try and have my feet upside down on the top rung of this ladder and like sort of hold myself down. Like what Bill Bu what Bill Bird did in like The Mandalorian. Upside down. But I'm gonna I'm gonna jar jar it and kinda like not quite controlled. You know what I mean. I love it. Yeah. So between your athletics and your coordination, I'm going to have you use the worst of those two skills. I like it. To make this check. Um, it is going to be a hard check with one setback from the fact that these are slippery frozen rungs, one setback from the fact that it's pitch dark in this tunnel, and one setback from the fact that it's it you're an idiot who's trying to do a cool thing instead of a practical thing by doing it anyway. And That's my Zephy. And, and you're dumb. And so was Bill Burr, <laughs> you know? But he succeeded at the check that he made, and it didn't have a bunch of extra setbacks. He wasn't doing it in a dark, frozen tunnel. And hey, so Joseph it's going to be... Three purples and three setbacks for either a coordination or athletics check, whichever it's be, one's uh, harder. Coordination, which is three greens. Do you want to use a destiny point to increase one of those greens to a yellow? Uh, no, I think I can handle I this. I'm a, I'm a Gungan, am, so like if I fall I down, I'm bounce right back up. I am going to spend a destiny point oh, to upgrade <laughs> one of up. the purples into a red right. uh, one with to the force, see if you do this or if you go for a swim. And if despairingly you like land in the lap of a corn with a spear, or not, and like you know, drown, kind of or <laughs> you can't. You can't drown. That's the That's one true. thing I am a that won't happen. Is I am you're a not going to drown. But you might. 
hit your head, go unconscious, and freeze to death. You know what I mean? True. Before you wake up True. while you're not drowning. Four successes and three threat. Oh. So you successfully hook your feet and drop down a relatively short hover so that your head and shoulders are now upside down in the water. And oh, your dumb little stalk eyes are just long <laughs> enough to poke down below the rim. And you see that sort of the area between the pilings that are holding up the docks under the warehouses. There's a lot of material in heavily wrapped and reinforced packaging and crating that has been weighted down and strapped to pallets right there on the bottom of the bay floor. And as Jackpot. you look out further out into the bay, into the murky depths of the water, out under the actual docks projecting out into the bay, as it begins to slope down, you think you see a couple of dim lights out there. But you take three more strains from how freaking cold it is right. just to be in there. And you're going to have to make a resilience check when you come back out in a minute. And you're probably going to take some more strain okay. um, from that. So you're going to take three strain right now from the cold. And after you pull yourself back up, you're going to have to make a resilience check against three purple dice to not take three more strain. Resilience. The, the setback from being wet is being removed. Uh, so you did not succeed, mm. but with an advantage, we will mm. reduce one of those and you take two more strain instead okay. of three more strain. As you sit there shivering now, because everything from here up is soaking, even in your heavy cold weather coat. It's not, wa it's not that kind of waterproof. Right. You know, and it's now wet Yeah. from okay. here up. And it's a cold warehouse, and once you're on the other side of these crates, you're going to be in the wind, blowing right off the bank. So I'm um, at seven strain now. Yeah. Yes, you are. But um, I got a whole bunch of clues. Everything is coming up Millhouse. I'm going to sit my ass down in a crate for a second here and just rest for yeah. a moment, catch so my breath. I want breath. you both to make, I believe it is a discipline or cool check to recover strain. You can recover strain using advantages. Oh kind of thing. Really good. Five. You get five yeah. strain back. Cool. There you go. Boom. Um, okay, so let's walk out of here like everything's normal. Hop on the speeder, head back to base, grab Stomper, regroup, head back up here after nightfall, grab that evidence. Sounds good. I, I want to get Stomper uh, take a look at uh, the data we recovered, too. Absolutely. So. Alright, so you hop back in and head off. You have spent more than enough time in the city that the Jedi's half-hour trip up the mountain and back down, you're still talking a spider, The first, you know, by the time that's done. So, Narset and Zavik just finished the most awkward alpine gondola ride in the history of awkward alpine gondola rides with a banker who is vacillating between terror and, like, pathetic affection. Uh, depending on which Jedi is currently at the forefront of his mind. He is delighted with the narrative he has constructed for himself, in which he has successfully recruited you guys to solve all of expat club's problem. And he is currently working on his acceptance speech for Club Member of the Year award for having brought upon the triumphant return of the expat club you know, down the line, after all the fortune that rolls in, after whatever heroics you guys are going to... Eh, that Those are detailed. He's not going to worry about them. You know, but that's that's where he's been. And then his eye will fall upon Narset. He'll shudder. Um, and as soon as the gondola docks in its cradle, he looks ready to run... It's unsure if he's running away from Narset or towards the X-Pack. You know what I mean? But he looks ready to bolt, you know, with either enthusiasm or terror uh, when the once the doors are unsecured. But they haven't been yet so that you guys can, you know, usurp that. So what was like... the ride back down the mountain like for you, Master's Jedi? You know, I'm gonna try to calm him down, so I would have told him, I know that this is a lot to take in, 
um, but we need you to be allies here, and we need you to not spread the word that we are here. Gotta see what he said. Like, how does he take to that? Without you making a skill check to cause him to agree with that sentiment, his first reaction is to say, he's not going to spread the word, but there's nothing that he doesn't keep from the other members of the board. It says, only the board remains, and if we are going to restore the club, it is going to be while working together. There's nothing that I am going to keep from the board. I didn't hide things from them when I caused this problem. I'm not going to keep from them the solution now that it is in my hands. But you have chance to use any of your social skills to change his position on this stance. We'd absolutely so like to. Being very, I, I was gonna, being very communist about this. He's part of the expat club, man. They got to keep the expat club running. They're the only ones left. If they don't save the club, the club is gone. And it's been around for 250 years, and they're the Wantons who were responsible uh, when it imploded. They can't let that happen. You could try to convince him, like, you can tell the others others that, like, we'll, we'll help you, but just don't tell the others what we are. You can say that, yeah, the, uh, the off-worlders have agreed to help us, but don't tell the others what we are. I'd like to make a uh, check real quick right before we, before we uh, talk to him too far. I'm going to sure. make a, a charm check on him and ask that we, instead of him running off to go tell his uh, to tell the club, that we'd like to be there when he does so. Just a moment. Like he says, well, you're planning to return and continue discussing membership in the club then of course you'll be welcome to the discussion. That sounds fine. He's He seems very keen on that idea as well. Uh, you know, they were already excited at the prospect of new members. The idea that they might get some Jedi members of the club, like, like it has nothing to do with like, oh, they'll save us from the Imperials. It's like, ooh. And then we can also say, ah, oh, during the tenure of Rathamuth uh, as financier of the club, two Jedi became members club and that'll be another feather in his cap in like the annals of what happened during the club over the year year. you know like wait till the newsletter hears about this in a hundred years when they troll through the archives they'll see that i blah 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 yeah so it's like absolutely yes i i'd love for you to come back uh so that we can speak to colvar about all this in a in a yeah, he's, he's fine for you guys coming along uh, with him when he speaks to the board. He says, yes, uh, I can give you a lift back with me now if you want. Um, he indicates the uh, street outside at the bottom of the wide steps that lead up to the gondola cradles and says, um, it appears that you've been abandoned by that Zeef fellow. You really need to pay these natives more if you want them to be reliable. So he says, uh, as you can see, the club car is still here, so if you'll be joining, it'd be our pleasure. Right? Uh, yeah. It's a fairly utilitarian land speeder that has had some aftermarket bodywork put on it to make it look like an older, more classic model of speeder. It's not holding up the best in this environment, but you know, if they had a full staff and guys in the garage to keep it up, uh, you know, it would probably be a pretty swank ride. And with a Jetson like, you guys head off back into Fishtown. He's taking you directly to the expat club, uh, but in the course of the conversation on the way back to Fishtown, he does uh, ask if you need to stop by your lodgings uh, to pick up anything. He says, of course, if you're joining the club, You'll have accommodations with us, and you won't need to stay at a tavern anymore. I would like to pick up my stuff from the uh, from the tavern, yes. He says, uh, and your ward? Miss, uh, I know we got off on the wrong foot earlier, and I do apologize for whatever Me. I said that offended you. Same. Um, yeah, when you, when you, he says, oh, I, no, nothing at all, nothing at all, whatever. He, he doesn't seem to know how to acknowledge your he turns it into an apology of his own every time instead he says no 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 i whatever i had done uh, that would cause uh, someone with the dedication of a jedi to lash out as such 
deeply apologetic. He says, uh, you've been quiet this entire time, miss. Uh, what do you think of our lovely world here? I hope I don't offend, but you certainly suit the aesthetic. Offhandedly, I was thinking of the local species and their overall feelings of the human or the, like the yeah. I'm curious what the crab people think about the huts and what they think of all these off-worlders and humans doing on their their natural planet. Uh, it doesn't seem like their housing environment seems to be all the greatest. Uh, and then what was the other thing I was thinking about? What accommodations are at the club? Because the the tavern keeper, she's she's a really nice bird lizard person. Wouldn't want to leave her leave and leave her hanging too much. He says, "Well, we definitely want to keep the local economy running as well it could. And as the financier of the club, I can assure you that we have always made sure to have close ties with the entire population of Fishtown. Why, you know." You're now sort of pulling into the city, and he sweeps his arm out as if it is his own domain. He says, while you know this entire settlement has reached this level of prosperity in enabling our club and its various services to be provided, they are the ones who make the expat club able to give the level of experience that it does. A true core world experience out here on the rim would not be available without the hard work of all of these being native or otherwise. Says, of course, now that the club is in a bit of a downturn, a lot of work isn't needed. But I assure you, once you and your companion here help us return to prosperity, that prosperity will trickle down to the rest of Fishtown. You said that the uh, Imperial, the Imperial Remnant were here because they liked Eraser. He's really, you're gonna have to use a check to get in for, as soon as you're like, oh, the remnant, they're here because, he remember, he knows he's, he, he already answered, he's like, yes, I, yes, um, I, I really think that that was club business, you understand, and you, you're only prospective members as is, once, once you've spoken to Colvar and you're full members, then you'll be entitled to club dealings, but I really was speaking out of turn at that point. If you want to make a check to get him to dish so out So meta-wise, he, won't, some he more can't tell him. us who the He's not gonna tell you any more about that. Lives Nothing. Club, until you guys can make some check. Yeah. You're gonna have to rough him He's... up again. In the back of my head, I'm like, what if we just sabotage his car? What if we just fuck up his spaceship, make him lose every race? <laughs> If he just loses, will the Empire leave? <laughs> I mean, he hasn't even been racing, and they've been, like, hanging out getting drunk. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think these guys, like, got, like, they've been here for six months. They didn't come on a three-day pass to watch a race. You know what I mean? Like, they were like, oh, shit. And they all came here and have moved in. <laughs> so as long as he's here, they're probably going to stay. And if, like, people start fucking with him, they might turn from, like, a bunch of drunken former Imperials to a bunch of ornery drunken former Imperials. As is... Our NASCAR. Para right, yeah, basically, yep. paradoxically, they're pretty peaceful right now, but if you go and fuck up the number the three, don't. holy shit. No, the locals hate it, and yep. the club is tanked because all of their patronage, other than these guys, left immediately, and these guys aren't spending credits the way that, like, the high rollers who usually came through were spending credits, and that has immediately depressed the entire economy of Fishtown because, like, the dock workers at Fishtown are feeding Fishtown and making money by selling, you know, to... Everybody makes money by selling to the club because they've got the money, and they get everything that they can from Fishtown so that they don't have to actually pay off-world prices for all this stuff, and then they gussy it up, and they present it as a core world experience, you know? But they're serving the same protein from the sea that you're eating at Birdie's, just, like, it's a much smaller portion, and it costs 300 credits a plate, you know? Okay. Well, thanks, friend. Thing. Then, then I am totally open to continue our way down to the casino and become part of your club. I'm interested if your archaeologist friend is there also. She seemed to have a good she seemed to have a good aura about her. 
he looks like he's the kind of person where his first reaction to a statement like that would be a smirk. And then he remembers who he's speaking to again. Um, and at this point, the door to the gondola opens as it docks in the cradle. And he very swiftly uh, exits. Um, and you guys travel via land speeder through Fishtown. Uh, it stops at the lower crossroads outside of Birdie's so that Zavix can go in and get his Grab gear. his armor. Yeah, his armor yep. and um, oh, your lantern. All he's your got camping. a bunch of stuff. He's got a bunch of camping stuff because he right. knew he was going to an icy planet. Nar said, do you accompany him in or not? Give us a chance to talk. Yes, sure. Okay. Um, as you come in, uh, you see the that Zavix the place also is... wanted to go to the gun shop, but it was 6.30 a.m. and they weren't open yet. He went in anyway, and the guy said he wasn't going to do the work unless Zavix had the money, which he did not. I thought that was like episode one conversation. No, that was the uh, that was the uh, that was the armor uh, shop. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and right now my my Lando thing is on loan to that At guy. At the pawn shop, he pawned. Pawn he went yeah. to the pawn shop where he used his great coat from Lando as a collateral for the armor and then he went to the gun shop and asked the proprietor if he could fix the armor which he said he would not do until he had at least half of the 550 credits that it would cost to do the work um the pawn shop is expecting 3750 by the end of the week or they're keeping the code Okay, so uh, you both go in. Uh, by midday, uh, the place is pretty busy because most of these guys don't have paying jobs at the moment. Even if they were fishing, the expats aren't buying. She notices you come in and waves with one of her upper arms and she continues serving drinks to the two gentlemen uh, in front of her at the bar. And uh, once you pass close enough by the bar, either on your way to it or towards the stairs. She remarks that she figured you'd be up at the casino with the rest of the fancy folks for most of the day. I, uh, I turn to Birdie and I tell her, uh, well, you might just be right. I plan on uh, heading up to those to seek accommodations up there. Uh, tip her out uh, another 10 credits and uh, grab my stuff. I turn to uh, uh, Narset. Nara said, I believe it'd be best if we split up and uh, uh, see what uh, other resources might be available to us. If you wish to come with me, we do that as well. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'll follow you to the, to the casino. There's a couple of other, or club members that would be willing for us to like definitely check bases with. And I don't know, there's something, there's something about like what he said about the racing that I want to look into, but also it would be best for press kind of like outs us to the crew of being you know jedi because it's not it's not easy throwing that j word um so zavix were you implying that narset continue to stay at the tavern i think <laughs> or that, did you uh, just meant split up for the day because i know well, what i knew i knew that uh she was looking into the plight of the 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 worker uh like in the area you were you were interested in figuring out the like humanitarian aid side of it uh and i didn't know if we just wanted to see what was available because even though you know it sounds really good what that guy has to offer he seems like yeah, he no, could I be wanna... shady at the same time so i feel like it'd be present. best if we yeah no i want to i want to stick with you and, and stay present at that whole moment and then i also want to touch bases with the archaeologist uh how mm. many crab people Which makes are, sense we too. On, are we on slide six or like how many crab people are there there are three Salvax in at one of the tables in the corner of the room closest to the refresher. Uh, then I wish to give ten credits to Birdie and then pay for a drink for each of the each of the crab people. Okay, that will be another. That'll be thirty credits to do that. So yeah, so I pay Birdie and then buy around for the local people. All right. Our little social justice witch is at it again. Okay, you guys check out of your accommodation at Birdie's Nest. And with your meager belongings over your shoulders, return to the land speeder. And Rathameth brings you up the club 
up the hill to the expat club. There are a half a dozen young men in black jumpsuits and boots, but no gloves. Uh, it's the appears to be the suit that is worn underneath Stormtrooper armor. Uh, these are a bunch of armorless, about a half dozen armorless Stormtroopers. All are, in front of the club. No, they have brooms and they are sweeping snow off of the landing platform that is there to the right of the expat club. Um, a couple of them are standing up on tops of, on top of the main bodies of the Sentinel shuttles there, and they are sweeping with brooms snow off of the vehicles and off of the landing field. There are three... Um, there's a little hangar building there as well. There are three doors. Can I do something for us on the way? Of uh, course. I'd like to charm him one more time, and I would say something... Um, Rathamith, you know, I gotta take care of some things uh, before we get up there. Uh, in the spirit of, of cooperation, would you mind helping me out? Um, uh, and I would try to get him to help me pay off and get my Lando cloak back. <laughs> so, how... Nice. Hey, hey, we first met. I need a thousand dollars. So you're like, he says, yeah. a financial man. And he is, you're going to try to charm him? Just a moment, sir. I mean, if he's Allow me to back, find... I'd say, Rathamith, originally I was going to win it from you. Well, I'm just looking at what the difficult... That... I am looking at what the difficulty of your charm check will be, sir. That's all I'm saying. I, I just mean, need to Jedi find... Are, Jedi are known for waltzing in and doing big asks. Like, Qui-Gon shows I... up, he's like, Hey, I like your kid, I'm going to free him and take him away from you. No, I know. I just need to find the stat line I'm going to use for Rathamith. That's all. Um, he can be intimidated. So it is going to be red, but... red, purple. To charm. Nurse, that is going to be the difficulty yeah, to charm, coerce, or deceive him is that he, because he is nobody's fool and he knows when somebody's trying to sweet talk him, you know. Um, he but money higher than his own life. That is the difficulty. Red, red, purple. Yeah, against your charm. Um, I understand that you so like have some talents. Um, there aren't set yeah, that work, so there's. Effect. There aren't setbacks yet. I those that was the difficulty without setbacks. So it would be red, red, purple. One setback from the cold, which you're already removing because you're a Pantoran. And I will say there's another setback because you're not a member of the club yet. You know, That's true. so yeah, it's a social setback. Um, you know, if you want favors, accept the offer that he's already made to you. So it's red, red, purple setback. You can remove the setback. Uh, okay, and I'd like to use a destiny point as well. All right, you're going to spend a destiny point. Yes, I would like to. Excellent. Being as charming as possible. Um, he says, No, sir. I'm afraid if you want money out of me and the club, you'll have to do it through our formal channels. But, of course, once you're a member, all sorts of benefits open up to you. I can't wait to join. <laughs> this I wish you can afford the membership fee. <laughs> I, I shot myself in the backseat. Uh... Yeah. Once you've paid your dues, man, you can, you know, all of their services are. I'm sure you can negotiate for uh, your services also and get rid of these remnant well, that's bags. That's Jedi as anything. That was our whole, that was, um, that was his whole, like, you'll do this, right? You'll get me out of this hole, right? Yeah, so you... Uh, that you, gives you, you leverage. You man, try to hit him up. I've been as charming as you possible, or pantoranly possible. But and he's uh, just—he's pretty too... soon. Narset's gonna get a hold. He's gonna scare the shit out of them <laughs> again. Yeah, I know. That's fun. we've got—we've got two hands, and we're trying to use the easiest hand. Hey, so, we're just playing blue cop, uh, bad cop. He does not. Yeah. <laughs> blue bit, blue blade, red blade. It's a game we play. I mean, um, if I'm chaotically neutral here, like you. You're giving off Lando's jackets, no skin off my back. That's that's your own shit. You know, Lando's other coat is what's been keeping you nice and snug and warm in the back True, of this so open-topped land speeder. Yeah. Um, so uh, he he declines your ask of a loan as you pass through the center of town, um, and then uh, you pull up on slide eight, where you see uh, armorless stormtroopers sweeping snow. Um, there's another stormtrooper. This one, still in armor, no helmet, uh, red shoulder plate, uh, who is standing off to the side, 
apparently either supervising or directing these other gentlemen in the sweeping snow. Um, you can not make out what he's barking at them over the sound of the wind as the land speeder pulls by, but the volume still carries quite a way. Uh, and then it pulls around the side of the club building between it and that cluster of smaller buildings. Um, Rathameth eyes them all warily. He says, we managed to lock out most of this rabble from the suites. They couldn't pass the dress code, so the droids won't allow them up the turbo lift. But their officers have moved in. The rest of them are all here in the outbuilding, which has caused most of the workers, who we did put up in decent accommodations, miss, over his shoulder to Narset, to have to move back to their own lodgings in Fishtown. And of course, with the club out of business, I'm afraid the whole situation is a sticky one. The vehicle pulls around the side and heads down a level into a below ground parking area. There are three other land speeders uh, in a row that this vehicle pulls up next to, uh, parked uh, in the corner, sort of to the side of them is what appears to be like um, a repulsor skiff. So less of a land car and more of the sort of skiff that they were using alongside the sail barge in Return of the Jedi, although this one looks like it's rigged for travel over ice. So this is a repulsor skiff for ice fishing um, expeditions. Uh, it, it too is done up in sort of a gaudy chromium and uh, gold piping uh, body styling. But it's clear underneath that it is just like an ordinary, like, hut use repulsor skiff. Um, but, you know, it's been done up quite, uh, you know, well enough that anybody on it, you know, it'll feel classy out on the ice with, like, the locals. Um, and then the whole far side of the bay has three uh, Imperial hover transports are lined up. And you can see... Uh, couple of stacks of crates um, with Imperial cogs on them and a couple of armored gentlemen. Uh, their stormtrooper armor is scuffed in ill repair and generally uh, along the likings of far outpost remnant and nobody who's under any, you know, moth worth their salt or stationed on, you know, a capital ship that's still doing Imperial type stuff. But there are a couple of guys with E-11s in armor you know, leaning against some crates just to keep uh, any of the turtles or the droids away from these transports that they brought over in their sentinels. They uh, perk up uh, when they see the land speeder uh, come in, but they don't look like they're going to get up from where they're sitting and leaning against these crates unless somebody who can make them do push-ups uh, comes in, and that's not you guys, so uh, they don't pay you any mind. Rathameth looks terrified, like an opera about the High Republic uh, is going to break out with full choreography at any moment, um, and attempts to hustle you guys uh, over to the turbo lifts up into the complex uh, as swiftly like he, as he can. Like he thinks the, the Imperials just have like a Jedi radar. And that, yeah, and then you guys will pop lightsabers and you're gonna like start wire running across, you know, like their heads. And it's Sorry, gonna be which like. Imprinted in us to just, just kill troopers on sight, yeah. Right. It'll be Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in here any minute, and he doesn't want to be part of that. He's going to try to take you guys all the way up to the club level directly if he can, which is the casino level that the club has retreated to after the remnant took over the main bar area downstairs. Who's the dude in the red? That is Colvar. Oh. He is the head, at present, of the Patriots Club. The club president. Are, are these new droids? I'm just moving them. There are their security droids. Now that they have moved up here from the sidebar. They were down on the main floor over to the side by the turbo lifts last night, but now that they've moved up here and abandoned the first floor, they've made sure that some security droids were retasked uh, up here. 
in case any of the Imperials managed to override the uh, dress code sensors on the turbo lift and come up uh, to the casino level for the actual rooms, which are up from here on higher levels where like the actual hotel rooms are and such. Right now the Imperials can't get up because their jumpsuits and uniform are not, they don't, they, they shouldn't be here anyway and the hotel systems know that they are not guests because guests would have better wardrobe than that. So they're not allowed to turbo lift. If they hacked that, at least now there are five security droids uh, around, you know, just in case things go south. Kolvar, the cape gentleman that you were playing Kuntaro against the night before, is grinning widely as Rathameth leads you out of the turbo lift. He says, my friend, I'm so glad you've returned. I hope you found accommodations in town. Seeing as you didn't join us last night, I know you weren't ready to join the club yet, but we had the droids prepare a room for you in case. We can't let fine folk like yourself left to wander the wastes of this ice ball. That's not how we treat prospective members. Did your day with Mr. Rathamith please you? Oh, yeah. yes. It's very informative. And, uh, you know, our time with him has certainly given us enough time to ponder and accept your offer of joining your club. So, Rathamus did quite well. You should know. His grin. In fact, there's uh, something more. Rathamus has won a bet against us. He did? Yeah. yeah he he says, uh, won a really bet. Now, now we're in, we're, uh, we're, we're here to join. Really? Rathamus, a bet. You. I know we didn't make our... Our money manager isn't a man who gambled, sir. If he made a bet with you, it was only because he knew he would win. That's why we don't allow him at our gaming court. Um, he uh, comes over and puts an arm around each of your shoulders and turns you face the others at the bar and says, Of course, when we were a larger group, this was a more formal proceeding. But seeing as our numbers have dwindled, we're scarcely in a position to be picky. If you turn out to be a brigand, sir, I assure you we will turn you out. But for now, my good people, what say you? Prospective member? There is a mixed, a half-hearted eh, from the Rodian Pixelplex that you just took to the cleaners last night. Uh, the Tagruta woman in the corner. I uh, didn't really speak with either of you, but uh, she looks you over and makes a sign of assent with her hand. Rhodes, the failing woman that you were next to at the Hintaro table, lowers her glasses and gives your predatory look, Zavix, and then signals her assent as well. The human gentleman in uh, the yellow robe shrugs and... Pintera, who is sitting at the bar uh, with a stack of data pads to one side and three more overlapping each other in front of her, turns uh, distractedly, then perks up and uh, nods. And Kolvar tightens his grip around your shoulders and says, Of course, there's a much longer process. Credit check. We'll have to speak to your references to your character and such sir but for the moment consider yourself welcome to the expatriates club as a prospective member and you as well miss i don't believe other than your brief time at the table with us last night that i had time to speak with your ward sir you're a young woman who's not apparently in a relationship with him and they're kind of old-fashioned and assuming that you are not traveling on your own and he is your chaperone of some sort but he did not you didn't come forward and introduce yourself so he's not there as your bodyguard he's here as the guy and you're the young woman with him gotcha so i got just got you yeah you're the dick grayson to his bruce wayne yeah so kovar looks very enthusiastic about this as he is um 
about any signs of new life being breathed into his organization. After he releases the two of you, Raffineth darts in to whisper something in his ear. Um, the reaction uh, he gives uh, makes it clear that this wasn't their Jedi because his eyebrows don't shoot up through the ceiling. And it's probably more, I have to talk to you later about it. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, but uh, he shoots his eyes uh, towards Rathmuth and shoes him off towards the bar. Um, well, may I say something? Uh, sure, of course. To the whole group, I've... to everybody in the room, ladies and gentlemen, in spirit of cooperation, I feel that it has come time for me to come clean about what's going on here and why I'm really here. I'm sure Rathamith is excited to tell you, and I hate to steal that away from him, but I unsheathed my uh, uh, my lightsaber oh, shit. and light it up right in front of him. Um, I tell them... Oh, oh yeah, white knight here. Uh, I tell them, don't be afraid. I'm here to help solve your, uh, solve your problem. I'm here to uh, help get rid of the Empire in the area. And I hope that we can work together to do that. I'm sorry that I had to take money from you last night, but until now, I had to operate in secrecy. So, uh, it's just shock. Like, can I can I use the I'm charm roll on that one? To, for it as yeah, well? yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and roll charm. Um, <laughs> I just have that monkey meme in my head of just like it's going <laughs> to be. So it's going to be two reds. Because it's not a hard check. It's only like an average check. But it's two reds because, like, you know, you might roll a despair and one of these guys is like, no, the what the, the, the only thing I was glad about when they stopped having a Republic is that they did over those damn Jedi who were screwing up the Republic. We wouldn't have had an Empire if it wasn't for the Jedi or whatever. But Can I yeah, ask? That's only is, if the despair uh, comes up. Is Zavix um, doing this as a as a tactic, or do is he interpreting the vision as it brought us here so we could get rid of these Imperials? Do you are you in earnest saying I, that this so, is why I'm here? I mean, he's, uh, he's you're, you're told these guys that there. this is Not why he's here. Well, right, and I'm just saying, like, is this is that Zavix's interpretation of the vision? Like, hey, we've been brought here, and there's a bunch of Imperials. Maybe this is, to do, or are you just sort of I, blowing smoke up their ass to get them on side right now? I am now? literally telling the truth to them. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm truth to my new allies. I don't see them as a threat. Um, they're they're definitely something that can help me achieve my goals, and I feel like I can help them as well. So you're Ned Starking it. You're just I'm leaving, not, it well, leaving it all out there for him. So you three failures. Oh, one of which is a despair, and four advantages. So it it goes down like a lead balloon. And <laughs> the security droids in the room. So, 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 you, you have failed to, you, okay, okay, so, advantageously, two members, alright, you can, you, <laughs> we're gonna have a fight, guys, <laughs> after this, is what, hey, combat! We have, we um, have one, two, three, four, so we have five, we have five we're gonna, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to parse this for you, and then... We are going to cliffhanger it and go to the other guys, and then we're going to come into yes. the fight later in and cliffhanger that and maybe or maybe not finish this. I don't know how it's going to break down, okay? So, four advent advantages. Four people of the people around the bar are like, all right, yeah, cool. Just like he said, it's our hero. You which, have which brought uh, the Rodian, who was like, Fucking this guy took me to the cleaners. Oh, I'm not a bad gambler. He's a Jedi, and he apologized for it. He he came around. The Tagruta woman who was indifferent came around. The human in the yellow came around. And if anything, the archaeologist woman who all like the fact that you didn't keep talking to her last night and we're just like you came over, spoke. She didn't roll well, and she was like, "Let's talk by the bar." But then you like talked to some other people, and then left and went and bought armor and stuff. And she was waiting for you to keep talking to her last night. That's why she wasn't around today. You know what I mean? So she went to her books to be like, well, if he's here, maybe, I, you know, this and that. The failing woman looks terribly put out by all of this. You know, like, 
she was gonna make a meal of you and it's like i don't eat jedi you know what i mean like you're telling me that this was vegan <laughs> right or you didn't tell me there was meat in this is like uh the um you know what i mean she was like damn i thought like here's a guy who's winning she is put out in the same way that the Rodian was like, oh, okay, cool, I was losing, and I thought he was kicking my ass, but he's a Jedi. And she was like, oh, damn, this guy was actually in it. Like, somebody around the table, other than Kolvar, who can hang in, you know, like, around the betting table, and it turns out it's because he's a fucking liar, you know, <laughs> of a Jedi. But all of that is not nearly as important as the fact that despairingly, these security droids just saw you pulled out a deadly weapon within two feet of the president of the expatriate club and three of them because that's how many failures you got are activated the three closest to us right yeah. now oh no it's table. not gonna be it's gonna be the two along that southwest wall and the one all the way across the room who's not right next to somebody with a lightsaber Actually. that's random as fuck so not the one next to me uh, no, because then you can take it out in one round in the finance <laughs> too quickly. All right? You make... These These are the GM's tactics for making sure that the fight against the player characters lasts long enough to make it worth having had to be. Can you roll a Destiny to uh, to make it harder? Who said that? <laughs> make it harder for who? He faces. Who the he wants more that? fight? Yeah, I'm going to roll a Destiny point right now, and if there are dark side pips, they will activate further droids. If there are light side pips, they're not going to not activate. Droids. I would imagine the droids are now so to the point where if you damage one, they all come on. So conceivably, <laughs> you could get two more droids, but you didn't. Um, all right, so you light up your lightsaber. You see looks of frankly awe from most of your audience except for uh, the failing gambler who instead looks like uh, her tasty treat turned out to be a rotten egg. Kolvar, uh, you see in your peripheral is like he looks like he's he just got elected Chancellor of the Republic. <laughs> he's the president of the expats club and a Jedi just joined the expat club and said he's here to save them, you know? And he was the president when it happened. He is also writing his acceptance speech. Then you hear, Deadly weapon detected. Keep your weapon. Lethal force has already been authorized. And three of the security bots around the wall take menacing steps forward as both of their forearms come up. On the back of each hand are the barrels of two laser blasters. To be continued.